welcome to our podcast. Hi everyone, my name is Regina Boyd. And I am Lisa Sojourner. And we'll just spend a little bit of time introducing ourselves so you get to know us. Uh, like I said before, this is Regina, so you can match my name to my voice. But um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and I've spent some time working doing home-based family therapy. Um, I worked at Father Lopez Catholic High School for a few years, which is up in the north northern end of our diocese. And um, now I work in private practice working with couples and teens I'm really passionate about the vocation of marriage and helping to strengthen marriage. And so that's what I do now. And this is Lisa Sojourner. And um, I, too, am a mental health therapist. And I work at Bishop Moore Catholic High School in uh, the heart of Orlando, right there in College Park. Um, I am um, married with a husband and a baby, sweet baby. And um, have a background in mental health, graduated from Rollins College. Um, Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just very passionate about my Catholic faith um, and currently specialize in working with teenagers. Um, very passionate about um, living out my faith in the vocation of the married life um, and, you know, just bringing mental health into the community and especially into the school community. Um, and so that's just kind of where I am and what I do. Um, and so, you know, I think it's funny if you look at that, it's, it's it seems like you and I have two big things in common. Yes. Like, <laughs> not sure if anyone has noticed yet, but <laughs> definitely sense a theme here. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe mental health, perhaps. Maybe but... some mental health, maybe a little bit of Catholicism thrown in there yeah, too. Yeah, it's all sounding so familiar. <laughs> exactly. And so I think that's kind of what our podcast is going to be about. We're going to be talking a lot about mental health um, and where mental health and faith meet um, mm. and how those two things can walk hand in hand with one another. Exactly. So maybe we should take a second to define mental health. I feel like mm. it's a term that gets thrown around a lot and it's you know, mental wellness, mental health, and we just like to talk about it. So what, what exactly is mental health? What would you say? I, you know, I think that's, it's such a, a squirrely term, you know, but I think, cause I think it can be defined in a number of ways. Um, you know, when I think about mental health, I think about, um, you know, worldview, the way you view the world. Um, I think about relationships. I think about the way that you view yourself, mm -hmm. um, how you manage yourself in the world, how you manage your life. Um, and is that going well? Is that not going well? Um, so that's just kind of my starting point where I come from with that. What would you say is kind of your angle? Yeah, I would agree. And I think an important piece to add is um, how you manage stress. Mm. So I feel like we all have moments in our lives that feel stressful and I, that's just kind of part of life. Things come up and we have to deal with it. Um, and so your mental health in a way is your capacity to manage that stress. Do you manage it in healthy ways or unhealthy ways? And so when we start flooding into that unhealthy categories, when we can start talking about your mental wellness and yeah. how you're handling that. <laughs> it's so true. Like, you know, when things are going really well in my life and all my relationships are going great and works great, nobody's like, you know what? You should really see a therapist. Right. <laughs> Nobody says that. It's when it's, you know, something's happening with um, 
job or this or that or the other thing that um, it's like, oh, maybe I, sh- I need to go talk to someone. Exactly. And I feel like we were we were talking about earlier that, you know, it's really hard to define in a way, too. We can we can put these general ideas out there, but there's no one size fits all mentality of how to define, you know, this person is mentally healthy and this person is not just because I feel like for everyone, it looks a little different. Yeah, absolutely. And like the factors that are happening in your life are totally different, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe like, yeah, you come home and you're snapping at your spouse or your kids or, um, but things at work are absolutely horrendous and terrible. Um, does that mm-hmm. mean that you're mentally unwell? No, but I mean, if things are going great at work and nothing's going wrong and you're still doing that, okay, maybe we need to look at things. So yeah, there's so many different factors that can go into it that, um, that change it for each person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a good example. I like that example because we're talking about managing stress, right? So you have something terrible happen at work, you're really stressed and then you come home and you take it out on your family and you're not upset with anyone at home or your family, but the normal annoying things that our family members do day in and day out all of a sudden just seem a little more irritating because things are on the edge at work, yeah. right? And so that's where it's, that's where you start noticing that shift and that change. Mm-hmm. How does it impact your relationships, yeah. your social relationships, your family relationships? You know, the problem might be at work, but once you start noticing things bleeding into other areas of your life, if mm-hmm. you will, that could be a sign that mental health is something that we need to look at. Take that mental health day, you know, something exactly. like that. Yeah, I agree. So I think that um, you have to do things like take a mental health day or do something that's going to break up the pattern. Because that's another thing that I think is pretty big in mental health is these patterns of behavior that we have. And some patterns are really healthy. And then there are some patterns that are not so healthy. You know, so for example, um, my husband, I notice like every once in a while, he'll start to get really antsy and he'll get like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, he's just not being his normal self. Like he's distracted. He's not focused. And I'll say to him like, Hey, have you exercised recently? And be like, oh my gosh, I haven't exercised in like three days. It's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. So you, his pattern is if he doesn't physically do something on a regular basis, he starts to get really antsy and really stressed out. And so I'll tell him like, you need to go on a run. Just mm-hmm. go running. Um, and it breaks up whatever that pattern is that's going on for him. Um, and we do it in, in relationships too, you know, where um, I see this a lot in, um, in couples where the person, um, one person will be really upset with the other about something they've done and they won't say anything and they won't say anything and they won't say anything. They get madder and madder and madder and madder. And then they blow up on the other person because they just can't take it anymore. And then right. once they've blown up, they feel better and they feel like everything's been fixed. And yeah. then the whole pattern starts over again. And it's like, why do we blow up each other on a regular basis? Well, because your pattern is, is you don't talk about things when it bothers you, you wait and wait and wait. And so like, that's like one of those circular patterns that happens over and over again. So I see, I see patterns a lot in mental health. Absolutely. And you're making me think of another point, just speaking of the health and wellness piece, I think awareness Mm. maybe plays a huge piece when we're talking about being healthy, you know, recognizing those signs when we're getting antsy or when we're upset and Mm. are we able to catch ourselves in those moments and actually do something about it? You know, are we able to say like, 
yeah, I really need to exercise. And I think that's part of managing our own wellness and our health too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's amazing how many people have a hard time being aware of what emotion it is that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. It's funny. One of the things I have in my office, um, it's called a feelings wheel Mm -hmm. and it just, it's, um, it's just like a, a visual representation of all the different ways that you can feel. And at the very center of the wheel are some basic emotions, you know, angry, sad, mad, happy, excited. Um, And then as you go out from the center of the wheel, it kind of refines each of those feelings. So you can start with like, yeah, I'm mad. But then it might say, you know, resentful is one feeling that moves out from mad. And it's like, oh, okay, being resentful is a much more refined emotion. And some people have a really hard time even putting a label to their emotions. Right. And as soon as they start trying to, to be aware like you were saying, of what the emotion is, you can start to understand where it comes from. And when you understand where it comes from, that gives you more evidence of what you need to do about it and how to approach it. Exactly. How to problem solve it. Exactly. How to manage whatever that stress is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like anger comes up a lot in counseling. That's like the number one emotion Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of people say is, well, that made me really angry. Okay, well, let's talk about what's the emotion behind your anger because there's a lot of things that angry can be or become. Or hide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I see a lot of when I hear, um, you know, my kids will say, you know, my mom is so mad at me and she's screaming at me. It's like, okay, well, usually anger is hiding another emotion. Right. So it's usually hiding either fear or pain. And so maybe the kid, I don't know, I'm just totally making something up, like snuck out in the middle of the night. My mom was so mad at me. She's screaming at me. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. which of those two emotions do you think she was hiding with that? Exactly. Oh, she was scared. Yeah, you scared her. And once you, once you can kind of connect for people, okay, something like fear or pain is a lot easier to, to continue a relationship with. Like, I can understand why my mom would be scared. You know, teenagers who are very much self-focused can't really understand why you would be angry. I was just having fun, you know, but your mom was scared. Oh, I can connect to that. Mm -hmm. And the more you are able to refine an emotion and understand it, like you were saying, you can problem solve it a lot better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So where does counseling come into play or how do we deal with these issues? We're we're defining it. We're, Mm -hmm. you know... This is kind of, I have like a little spiel I give my kids when they first come in to talk to me mm-hmm. about, and it's my spiel of like what counseling is. It's that, it's like, why would you come and talk to me to begin with? So the question is like, what is counseling? So why would you even go and talk to a counselor in the first place? And so I, I explained to my students, you know, like sometimes you just need somebody whose only goal, their only goal is to help you, number one, and Number two, that they don't have any ulterior motives, you know, that like they're a blank slate in terms of relationship. Like they're not, they don't know this friend who knows that friend who knows this about you. You know, they don't um, really like, it's a brand new relationship. Mm -hmm. And so um, their goal is to help you because they're, you as a, as a, a client would never help, like help your counselor, you know? So there's there, that reciprocity isn't there. That's right. in other relationships. Um, and um, like it's a blank slate. Plus the, the counselor is 
trained in how to pick up on patterns, to help refine emotions, deal with stress, um, understand relationships, all these other things. So you have this very powerful person in terms of they are only there to help you and they're trained in Mm -hmm. how to help you. They're trained in how to listen. That's Mm -hmm. a huge piece of counseling that Mm -hmm. I find is that a lot of people are not used to being having somebody who's giving them their all of their focus and attention mm. and knows how to listen. Yes. So that's a huge part of what I find counseling being is, is just really listening and understanding where a person is coming from. Absolutely. And that attentiveness, like you mentioned, the, the professionally trained aspect of being able to pick up on patterns and mm-hmm. see things from that objective third party position. That's the word I was looking for. Objective. Yeah. yeah, Is a huge Mm -hmm. advantage because, you know, you can, you can go talk to your hairdresser. You can talk to, you know, your aunt, you know, whoever. Yeah. But those people aren't necessarily going to be objectively looking at your life. They have a little bit of, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Agendas? Kind of like an agenda, a bias, because they're in relationship with you. They're close with you. Mm -hmm. And so they're naturally going to have some biased or influenced advice as Mm -hmm. opposed to somebody who's a little more objective. Exactly. And, you know, we are trained to take, um, to know and recognize our own biases, to recognize our own ways that we kind of deal with things and say like, okay, that's, that's my issue that I'm dealing with and I need to put that on the shelf, you know? So um, say, um, I, you're working with a couple, you know, and they are talking about an issue that maybe you've dealt with, with your husband in the past is we're trained to say, okay, that this is a totally separate issue, even though it's similar, Mm -hmm. it is not what I dealt with, with my husband and to take whatever it is that you were dealing with and put it on the shelf and say, that's not theirs Mm -hmm. and to not project that. Exactly. Onto them, which I think, you know, people like our hairdressers, God bless them, and are wonderful. Um, but they can do sometimes. It's like, oh, honey, well, I dealt with that too. And here's exactly what I did. Because mm-hmm. I think that's another huge piece of what counseling is not. It is not advice giving. Mm. Like, if you're giving advice on a regular basis as a counselor, you're not doing it right. Right. Um, and I hear that all the time from people. Oh, I could be a great counselor. I give great advice. Mm-hmm. Well, then that means you wouldn't be a good counselor. Right. At all. It means you have a lot to learn before you become a good <laughs> counselor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. We're, we're constantly striving to be more objective. Like you said, putting mm-hmm. our, our history and our life experience, which to some extent, you, you know, you use the life experience to your advantage, but also making sure you're checking that at the door first and not exactly. automatically assuming and jumping to, well, because I had a similar situation with my own husband, I can give you this piece of little advice. No, we're constantly filtering and making sure, mm-hmm. am what I about, am what I'm about to say, is this really the most helpful thing for this person sitting in front of me right now in this moment in time, based on this situation, you know, <laughs> yeah. specific as specific and objective as possible, because ultimately we're we're here to serve you, exactly, you know, and not ourselves, and yeah. not we're not here for a chit chatty session. <laughs> no, and I think the ultimate goal too is not um, to tell them what to do, but to have them figure out what's best for them, Mm -hmm. you know? So really like the advice should come from themselves 
The solutions should come from them. Where we just kind of create a space where they have the the freedom to think through things, to say things they might be scared to say Mm. to anybody and everybody else because counseling is non-judgmental. Good counseling is non-judgmental. Like you can tell me like the deep, dark thoughts that you've had that you're scared to tell anyone and I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to tell you you're a horrible person. I'm going to empathize with you. I'm going to tell you I understand why you would feel that way. Um, And that gives you the freedom to then start exploring options. Because if you can't talk about this one thing that you've been thinking, you can't go there. You can't explore a whole myriad of ways of solving a problem. Right. Um, And so, and that's part of what I I talk about too with, in terms of advice, because that's a huge misconception, is that, you know, if, if the goal of counseling is that the person is doesn't need you anymore because that is ultimately the goal yeah our goal is to put ourselves out of business yeah we work ourselves out of a job (laughs) exactly um if the goal is to get it to where you don't need me anymore if i give you advice and it turns out well Mm. what's going to happen the next time something goes wrong right you're going to come back and you're going to need to talk to me again Mm -hmm. if the advice doesn't go well and it doesn't work then what's going to happen who are you going to be mad at? Exactly. Me. <laughs> Versus if I help you find your own solution, um, like that's going to work out well for you. And then the next time something stressful like that, similar to that happens, you're not going to need to talk to me. Exactly. Or if it doesn't work out well and it was your own solution, come back. Let's talk about why didn't it didn't go well. How can we change this up? What can we do differently? Right. Um, And again, giving that person that open space and freedom to be able to do that. And also honoring the individual as being the expert in their own Mm -hmm. life. Because I I know what I would do if I was in your situation, right? Because I know myself. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I know what it's like to live your life, to walk (laughs) into your home every day, to go to your job every day. And so exactly to what you're saying, Mm -hmm. to allow that person to make their own choices because you're the one who's going to know ultimately what's best for you. And so we provide that space for you to be able to process Mm -hmm. and figure that out. Exactly. I think it's another misconception, which kind of leads me, made me think of this, um, about counseling is like, Oh, it's like almost like mind control or they're going to make me do something or it's like, no, like if you feel constrained or you feel pushed into a corner in counseling, you need to find a new counselor. Yeah. So it's a big term we keep using over and over is freedom and space and right. your own way of doing things. And it's supposed to be about you. The, the client is supposed to be the one leading. Yes. You know, yeah. and we're there walking beside. It's not, I'm not sitting there with my clipboard writing secret notes that I'm not telling you about. Mm. Like, it's supposed to be an open relationship where you're exploring things together. Right. Um, and it's not the counselor being some secret expert who's analyzing you, you know. Right. That's another thing that I get all the time. Oh, you're a counselor? Are you analyzing, analyzing me right now? It's like, no, I'm just trying to live my life. Um, and really, in, in, I mean, in the counseling room, am I analyzing? Yes, in the same way that I'm analyzing a problem, but I'm analyzing it with the client. Right. You know? Um, right. And so I think that's, that's another big misconception that we would want to kind of smush out is that it's Absolutely. not about me secretly analyzing you and coming up with these like crazy ideas of what's going on. It's no, we're working through things together. Right. You know? 
So why a podcast about mental health? <laughs> <laughs> we got into counseling a little bit. And yeah. What's, why are we here? <laughs> well, and I think there's another, there's that other piece. You know, we said we, you and I have two things in common. Yeah. We're mental health counselors. And I think there's another piece that's so important um, that isn't often talked about. Or if it is, it's just kind of in passing. It's like a little cherry people put on top. Oh, yeah. And there's faith. That's a part of your mental health, too. Mm-hmm. Spirituality. That's a part of your mental health. Mm-hmm. But I think for you and I, you know, um, being so steeped steeped as in the tea that we are currently drinking ah, yes. <laughs> um, steeped in our Catholic faith, you know, mental health is one way that I look at the world, you know, as a counselor, it's one way that I, I talk about things and think about things. It's why I'm not always analyzing everybody all the time. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I shut that part of my brain off, right. but my Catholic faith is the lens through which I see the entire world, you know? So mm-hmm. I can't see mental health without seeing my faith in it in some ways. Um, so I think it's important to talk about just how integral faith is, spirituality is to a healthy, balanced person. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'll tell you, it comes up over and over and over again in the counseling room. You know, my first job, I worked at Bishop, I'm working at Bishop Moore now, but my first job was at, um, a public high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, so faith wasn't something that I talked about unless the student brought it up. And almost every single time Mm. the students brought it up Um, because it is, it's such an important and integral part of who we are. Right. And, you know, as we we were talking about what counseling is and these parts of ourselves that we don't want to talk about with other people, I think sometimes people are scared to talk about those thoughts that they have or fears that they have in terms of faith and how that relates to what's going on for them in their life. Absolutely. And so I think it's so important. That's part of what I think you and I want to talk about in this podcast is where does faith and spirituality intersect with mental health and how do those two things play off of one another? Um, How do they coexist? Because sometimes people think they can't coexist. Right. And you're making me remember that, you know, part of our faith is this belief that we are mind body and spirit like we have a mind body and soul and so taking care of that psychological piece and yes. making sure our physical selves are healthy but also we have that soul piece and so if mm-hmm. we if something is off in any of those categories we're not taking care of the full temples that are our bodies and yeah. so absolutely there is an intersection every single time just mm-hmm. because we are human beings and we know that about ourselves, that mm-hmm. we have those three dimensions to our to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think we as human beings are always seeking that transcendent experience, mm. being that moment where we are in relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you and I see it all the time where people are seeking that transcendent experience in the wrong ways. Mm. Um, and going back to those unhealthy patterns, um, they're seeking it through unhealthy relationships. They're seeking it through use of alcohol, through use of drugs, right. um, just through different ways of living their life. Right. Um, Self-harming behaviors. Exactly. And not to shame anyone for no. that, but again, the, these are signs that you might be struggling, mm-hmm. that something is off in the balance of your integrated self. Mm-hmm. And I would say those are actually signs that, you know, you were created for something great. Mm. You were created for something wonderful and you were created to be in relationship 
with God himself. And the fact that you're seeking those things out shows that you were created that way. It's just kind of, we need to redirect it right. to actually finding it through relationship with the Lord, through relationship um, with people that we love, right. um, through healthy relationships and healthy mm-hmm. patterns of life. Um, and it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm sure um, we'll get into this more and more as we go. Is like yeah. our Catholic faith, like, leads us to that actually and just the different ways it it has us balance our lives and lead our lives like so many things that we do that are super catholic are actually super wonderful in terms of mental health too absolutely so that's that's really what we're here to do you know we're going to be chatting sipping on tea Mm -hmm. like our ginger turmeric tea that we're (laughs) enjoying right now yes (laughs) and we're going to be providing resources to you all, hopefully, yeah. um, talking about where faith and mental health meet mm-hmm. and, you know, whether it's married life, family life, work life, mm-hmm. single life, and just overall your well-being, we're hoping to come to you with a topic each week and mm-hmm. something that you can apply to your lives today exactly. Yeah, to find, help you find more balance, be in better relationship with the Lord, be in better relationship with people that you love and with yourself, too. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. Yeah, she's chink glasses here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>